Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And today we are discussing a much requested topic to revisit. We're discussing our morning routines. I'm very excited about this one. Very, very excited. I feel like morning routines is a cornerstone of your content, of your life. I'm hoping to learn something here because in last week's episode, you said the question was, say three things that you think your partner and you have in common. And you said that we're both routine oriented. And I was like, surprise, one would think that, but I, I don't know that I am great at routines. Well, I guess we'll find out, but I mean, I think you're pretty good at them. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect at them. I'm more just fascinated by them and curious about them and like developing them, but I certainly have not perfected anything. (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll touch base on this at the end of the episode. But in the meantime, this episode is brought to you by Knight, the makers of our favorite pillow and pillowcases. We'll tell you more about them later in the episode, but you can take 20% off almost everything on their site at discoverknight.com with code BADONPAPER. Before we get into the routines, Olivia, let's do some highs and lows. Let's do it. What was your high this week? I have two highs. My first high is that Jake's parents visited. They live in Orlando, so they came to Philly and... We went to restaurants and we just kind of just hung out around the neighborhood. And it's been a little bit since I've brought visitors to different places and tried new restaurants, went to bars. So that was really fun. And my other high is that I slightly managed to cut back on my screen time. I mentioned this in the last episode, but I've been just like addicted to scrolling on my phone more than usual. But I managed to cut it down by 10%, which feels like nothing. But Hey, that's meaningful. How did you do thanks. it? So the biggest thing I did was to stop answering DMs in real time. I had this horrible habit of I would just go, you know, open Instagram to scroll or post or whatever. And then I'd see the DMs and I'd be like, oh, I'll just answer a few or I'd answer them as I saw them come in. It just kind of resulted in me being on Instagram all the time. And so now or for the past week, I should say, I let myself like go on Instagram as I normally would, but I would stop myself before I went to my inbox. And then later in the day, I'd take like 10 minutes, 15 minutes to really sit down and like thoughtfully go through them. And it felt so much better, just so much better. Oh, good. I'm glad you were really stressed about that last week. So I'm glad that it feels better. Thank you. Yeah. I think I was in this cycle also of like seeking like immediate feedback of everything. And that's just so incredibly unhealthy. So I'm working on that too. But yeah, it feels like a step in the right direction for sure. Oh, good. Uh, What about you? So my high is also that I had a visitor this weekend. My friend Jackie was unexpectedly in town for work. So she's one of my best friends from New York, and then she moved to San Francisco. So we spent the weekend reliving our mid-20s, going out to a lot of dinners, going to bars. It was really fun. And she's one of my- It looked really fun from Instagram. It was. And then my second high is that I am feeling really good about book edits. Over the past two weeks, I would not say that I have been very diligent about writing, but I've been thinking about things and I feel like I've made a lot of connections and I'm understanding characters better and things are coming together. I feel like I've solved some of the problems I have in my manuscript. So I'm, I'm feeling really invigorated about the edit process. That's amazing. I feel like that is just as important as just sitting down and doing like the writing, the editing. That's very inspiring. You're motivating me. 
it's peaks and valleys for sure. Because when I first started editing, I was really excited and then I was down for a while and now I'm up again. So I don't know. I think I just need to learn to expect the ebb and flow and that it's going to take more rounds than I want it to. So where are you, do you think, in the editing process? Like, do you think you have, let's say in terms of like time, do you think you have four more months? I know you're kind of on like a tight schedule here. I don't know how how long I have. So I started the second draft on January 17th. It's now March 28th and I'm 50% through. That's amazing. That has included some really non-committed weeks of writing. So I think if I commit to it, I have another month and a half to two months on my second draft. I think I might send it to a couple people, like just, just a couple friends for feedback. And then I think it needs a third draft. And hopefully because I fixed a lot of things on this one, that one's quicker. So maybe that one only takes a month or a month and a half in total. I don't know. It feels like this process could go on and on and on forever. I totally know what you mean. It does. But I feel like you're making really good progress. At least I feel like it's getting better. So I feel like it's markedly improving from the first draft to the second draft. And so then hopefully with the third draft, it'll get even better than that. I don't know. I don't know how this works. That sounds about right to me. Exciting. Thank you. So those are my highs. What about lows? Well, my low is, I guess, either ironic or very fitting given the topic of this episode. But the past three weeks have just been a little bit chaotic, not in a bad way. It was my birthday, Jake's birthday. Jake's been on jury duty for three weeks. So that's been a bit nuts and kind of differing from our normal routine. And then his parents came to visit. And when we first talked about doing this episode, I feel like I was really mastering my morning routine. And now I feel like I'm in that weird stage where I kind of have to get back into it. But In the past, this would have really totally derailed me, just being off track, having some days that were just out of the norm. But I'm kind of just trying to stay calm and just remind myself that like, okay, you can go back to the morning routine. You can get there. Like, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not successful. So yeah, and I guess that's kind of a good thing to mention before we get into all of this, that I don't think you have to be perfect at a routine to value it or to feel confident about it, I guess? Oh, I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect about a routine. I'm very uh, chaotic. So here to, yeah, cha- <laughs> here to support the chaos theory. Here to advocate for chaotic routines. That's the new <laughs> podcast <laughs> slogan. Oh my God. Anyway, what about you? Speaking of chaos, Saturday afternoon. Okay, so some backstory here. So I was dog sitting Rachel's dog all last week. He is a 14 pound tiny Napoleon who is really deeply like has some attachment issues. And if he could climb into my womb, I think he would. I think he would. It's a terrifying image, but I feel like I understand him better now. So thank you. He is also the world's hungriest dog. He's on a diet because he's a long dog and long dogs have back problems and he's getting older. So he's on a diet because he's two pounds too heavy, I think. So anyway, so I have him dog sitting him. He is the world's most hungry dog. And anytime I'm in the kitchen, he is like underneath my feet in a way that he has no self-preservation instinct. He's just like, you're walking, I'm walking. Are you feeding me? What's going on? So my dog Winnie does the same exact thing. She does the same thing. So Saturday afternoon, I am in the kitchen. I'm pouring myself a glass of water and he gets like right under me. I trip over him. I knock the glass of water off the counter. The glass shatters and on the way down, it like 
a piece of glass like also slices my toe open. So I'm trying to keep the dog away from the glass. There's blood everywhere. He, he, there's also bloody footprints because he's stepped in my blood. And I'm like, is it my blood? Is it your blood? Whose blood is this? I can't keep him away from the glass. So finally, I put him in the bathroom and he's screaming. The dog equivalent of screaming because I have sequestered him in the bathroom while I like clean this up, take care of my bloody foot. It was not great. That is traumatizing. I feel like anytime you have to ask the question, whose blood is this after a weekend? Like it's generally not a good sign. Not a good sign. Are you okay? Did you have to get stitches? I didn't. The cut is pretty deep. I don't want stitches. It's on my pinky toe. It stopped bleeding after a while. I think it's fine. I haven't taken the bandaid off and I'm like, we're just going to leave this for a bit and like see what happens. The biggest remaining problem is that I can't really wear shoes right now other than Uggs because if they press on it, it's very painful. So I've just been living in my Uggs. Well, the Uggs are back. They are. I did go to a fancy dinner wearing Uggs and was like, wow, (laughs) people either think I'm in euphoria or that I am in 2004. And I'm guessing the latter. There's a lot of overlap there. Honestly, if I saw someone at a restaurant wearing Uggs, I would be like, honestly, they seem like good people. I I get them. I was very comfortable. That's all that matters. Eating a shrimp cocktail and Uggs is really... It's the life. It's it's just, it's a high. It's really a high. But I'm sorry that, that that was painful. It sounds very stressful. Thank you. On the pain spectrum, it wasn't that bad. It was more on the chaos spectrum that really, it just was off the charts. I get that. I totally get that. Here's to the swift healing of your pinky toe. Thank you. Thank you. That's very nice of you. (laughs) Let's take a quick ad break to talk about night. So you've heard us talk about their amazing pillows and silk face masks before, but today we want to talk to you about something different, their pillowcases. So you don't need to buy the night pillow to experience all the amazing beauty benefits of the night pillow. You can just get the pillowcase and add it on to your favorite pillow that you already own. So two huge benefits you're going to get from Knight's Silk Pillowcases. The first is that it's really going to help keep your hair smooth overnight. And ever since I got the Dyson Airwrap and have been giving myself at-home blowouts, this has become really important to me. The pillowcase also promotes healthier skin. We spend one third of our lives sleeping, which means most likely your skin is in contact with your pillowcase more than any other material. Silk promotes optimal moisture levels and is naturally hypoallergenic, so it negates buildup of pollutants, allergens, and other skin irritants and helps keep all your skin products on your face instead of absorbing into your pillow. There's a reason you see so many dermatologists and celebs raving about the benefits of sleeping with the silk pillowcase. So I like the Tri-Silk Beauty pillowcase, and it comes in standard or king sizes, and there are eight beautiful colors so you can match the rest of your bedding. And I also love that they have a zip closure, which I think gives a neater look. And all of their pillows are machine washable, which makes them super easy to care for. I'm personally really excited that Knight is sending me over some of their chill pillowcases, which create a cooler sleep experience. I'm constantly switching out my pillows as I sleep to make sure I'm sleeping on the coolest pillow possible that I own, which is why I'm so excited to try something that will stay cold all night. If you're ready to upgrade your pillowcases, go to discovernight.com and use code BADONPAPER, all one word, for 20% off almost everything on the site, including all of their pillowcases. Again, that's discovernight.com with code BADONPAPER for 20% off. So, Olivia, we did a 
morning routines episode probably back in 2019. And I hope I have some new things to share, but we're going to start with you because it's all fresh here. So I guess before we get into the specifics of your morning routine, like what is the overarching goal of your morning routine? What are we trying to achieve with this? For me, my morning routine is all about making time for the things that I know I won't make time for later in the day. Time to read and write and exercise, which are the things that make me feel the most like myself, but often take a backseat to, you know, the things that pay the bills. And do you consider yourself a morning person or a night person? I think I can be either, but I feel like a better version of myself if I'm leaning into the morning person side of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're like ambidextrous. Oh God, I hate myself. (laughs) I could see the joke written in my head and it's not funny. I got it. I was like, I don't know what word she's going to say, but it's going to be something that works. (laughs) Take the, take the heat off me. Tell me what time you wake up. What's your wake up routine? So I don't do this every single morning, but if I'm really operating at full capacity, then my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. That's that's intense. And what time do you have to go to bed to wake up at 5 a.m.? I have to be in bed by, I would say, latest 8.45. Oh, wow. And yeah, so this is something that's interesting. When I started my like mission to become a morning person to wake up earlier, I think I just thought that like I would naturally just wake up at 5 a.m. no matter what. Like I could go to sleep at 11 and it would be fine because it would just be like part of my DNA after a while. But I know now that like the sleeping is just as important of a part of the morning routine as any other aspect. So if I do go to sleep a bit later, I don't like force myself to get up at five. I'll just like move everything back a bit. And that kind of makes it more doable. I know this is not about I'm getting off topic here, but like what time do you finish with work on the average day? I really try not to work past six pretty much ever. So you only have less than three hours before you between when you finish work and you have to get into bed. Wow. I guess. So you're you're just like moving your leisure time to the morning instead of at night. When I do stay up later, I often just am watching like very mindless television that I'm like not even really enjoying. And I just feel like they're wasted hours, whereas the hours I spend in the morning, I feel like I just get so much more from. I mean, I still love watching mindless TV like a lot, but (laughs) yeah. So is five o'clock the end goal or are you trying to get yourself to wake up even earlier? Because in your perfect day, I think last episode, I think you said 4.30. Yeah. I I guess I would like to maybe do 4.45. So right now I wake up at five, but I kind of lay in bed for usually 30 minutes. And I would like to not do that or to do that earlier, but it really depends on what time I'm able to get to sleep. And that's kind of a moving target, especially because like I like to stay up later on the weekend. So that's a little more complicated. I started this whole process like a year and a half ago. And I was waking up probably 8.30 then, and I've just kind of moved the time back in 15-minute increments every few months, and that's the only way it's been possible. Having said that, I woke up at like 7.30 this morning and, you know. What's been the thing that's made the biggest difference to you waking up earlier? My sleep and changing how I went to sleep. The first thing was I stopped sleeping with my phone next to me, and that really like completely changed my sleep 
100% because I would just reach for my phone anytime I felt anxious or worried or I wanted to shut my brain off. And I would do that over reading or talking to Jake or something else. So back to the to the waking up. So you get up at five. Alarm? What kind of alarm do you use? I use the alarm on my phone. So you wake up at, at five with your alarm and your phone's not in the same room. So what do you do for half an hour in bed? That sounded way more judgmental than I meant it. I, 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 di- I didn't feel judged. So my phone is in my room. It's just on the complete other side. So I have to get up. And I'm also very conscious of how loud it is. For some reason, my alarm is always like way, way, way too loud. And we share a wall with our neighbors. So I'm always like afraid I'm waking them up. But I run across the room. I grab my phone. I turn the alarm off. I don't do snooze. And then this is actually the part of my morning routine that I really hate the most. I tend to go through all my DMs and I wish I could not do that. But I also kind of like that I get them all out of the way before I have my quiet morning time. And then I play Wordle. Okay. So first thing you get out of bed and then what? I usually obviously go to the bathroom and I have all my workout clothes laid out. So like leggings and usually a giant sweatshirt. I change, brush my hair. I put my hair in a claw clip usually. And Then I just use micellar water on my face. Sometimes I'll brush my teeth now, and sometimes I do it after I have coffee and everything. I think that's it. Put on lip balm. How does this work with Jake? So you are married, and you and Jake sleep in the same bed. Is he awake at this point? Is he asleep still? His alarm goes off at 5.30, and he usually gets up at 6.00. We also have this thing where whoever's in bed last has to make the bed. So sometimes that motivates me to get moving faster. But he just usually doesn't pay attention to my alarm. Has he always been an early bird? He actually started this before I did. And he would just get up at six every morning. He's just extremely disciplined. Yeah. Me, I'm more like curious about it. I'm like, what works about this? How can I change this? Why is this so hard for me? How could I make this better? And he's just like, yeah, I'm just awake and... (laughs) that's it that sounds like a nice way to be yeah it's a lot more simple you just decide what you're gonna do and you do it wow i know imagine what a concept here i am talking about waking up early for 45 minutes but yeah he just does it so then you go downstairs and what happens when you go downstairs i go downstairs i turn on the coffee we have just like a drip coffee maker pretty standard we also have nespresso but i kind of i go back and forth there And then I light a candle. I have like the morning candles. Those are more like warm and cozy scents. Ooh. Yeah, I like to have specific candles for different times of day. I am a candle hoarder. I am that person that like rations my candles. And I feel like I just need to be better about lighting them. I have the kind of the opposite problem where I have so many that I feel if I don't always have one burning that I will never get through them all, which I probably won't regardless because I have so many. It's like how I I am with books. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I light a candle, coffee's making. I put in an ambiance room, usually on YouTube. I talked about those in my interview with you and Grace. And then I pour myself a cup of coffee and I usually open a book. What's your your coffee order, your at-home coffee order? I do a little bit of half and half, and that is it. Okay. What kind of coffee do you have? We 
switch it up. For a while, we we're using like the Wegmans hazelnut ground coffee. Oh, yeah, Very fancy. <laughs> I love a hazelnut. Like me too. That smell in the morning of oh, it's so good. And yeah, I drank my coffee black for a long time just because of like weird diet culture stuff. But now I'm like, I love. I find the color of coffee so relaxing, like the coffee color? with a little bit of half and half. Yeah, like the thing that I hate the most about like coffee with almond milk is that it doesn't look good. You know, like it looks, it doesn't look like creamy and delicious. It kind of just like looks like watery dirt water. And who wants that? Well, not me, but that's, for me, it's taste. I mean, it also doesn't taste like cream. <laughs> but <laughs> True. So when in here are you eating breakfast? So recently I have been prepping my breakfast and I'll do like a frozen breakfast sandwich with like eggs, spinach, turkey bacon, or I'll do a frittata with basically the same ingredients and I heat those up in the toaster oven. I've become very particular about like sounds in the morning. And so Jake used to come downstairs and like make little breakfast tortillas, but it would just be like so much. I don't know. He thought he was like Guy Fieri in there with like all the pots and pans. And I was like, can we just have silence at 530 in the morning, please? And so now I like pop whatever food I have in the toaster oven for both of us. And so it's just like silent and peaceful. And yeah, I'll eat those around usually like 30 minutes after I get downstairs. Okay. And so, so you're reading while you're doing this, right? Yes. So usually while the breakfast is heating up, I'll have opened my book. I have my morning book and my night book. And my morning book is always like a hardback physical book. What's next after you're done reading? What time do you read till? It kind of depends. If I get downstairs at like 545, I'll usually read until maybe 630, 645. After that, I usually go upstairs to my office and I bring another cup of coffee, some water, and I put on my noise-canceling headphones because Jake likes to work out during that time and our treadmill is on the same floor and very close to my desk. And I will usually listen to NPR up first, the 15-minute news thing, and then the daily from the New York Times just to get a bite-sized amount of news And then I go over my to-do list for the day. Okay. Yes. So now you're in work mode or no? Sometimes. I try not to. So ideally now at this point, I would go over my to-do list that I've made the night before. And I like to highlight the tasks that are most important. So I know exactly what's in store for the day. I also like check my bank account, my credit card, go over all of that information. So what I feel like a I'm responsible just... person you are. You listen to two <laughs> news podcasts, check your bank account every morning. Like, oh my God, I don't want to follow this I, up. I have to or... I will just, it's not always like a great, you know, (laughs) a great result when I check the bank account, but it at least makes me feel like I know what's going on. And so then what do you do if if you don't go into work? Well, ideally at this time, I would spend like an hour working on the book, writing or editing. So that's like my goal. I've designed it that that is what I do at this point. So that would be my ideal thing after I listen to the news or before is to to work on the book. My phone would be on airplane mode this whole time, ideally, but I'm really out of that right now. So right now I will skip that and just go into working out. What's so your workout? We have a treadmill, which has like, it's a Nordic track and it has iFit, which is essentially like Peloton, SoulCycle, like 
trainer-led classes. So I'll do that for like anywhere from 25 to 45 minutes. And I do like running or we have adjustable weights. I try to just do something different every day or I get kind of bored. Yeah. Then I get ready for the day. What does that mean? (laughs) We need to be specific here in our morning routine episode. Okay. (laughs) Um, After I work out, I go upstairs to our third floor, which is where we have our it sounds like I have a giant house, but it's a very narrow (laughs) row home. And it's just an incredible amount of stairs, but our bedroom and our bathrooms up there. So I'll lay out my outfit for the day, put on usually a true crime podcast and get ready, do my makeup, do my hair, all of that stuff. Do you shower every day? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would say 90% of the time. Yes. If I work out, yes, I have to, I feel but I won't always wash my hair. I used to be a dedicated everyday hair washer. I used to too. Not anymore. For me, showering is like very, I don't know. You know when you're super hungover and you're just like, I know I will feel like a new person after mm-hmm. I take a shower. Like that's kind of how a shower makes me feel. No, a shower is just something I have to get over with most of the time. I'm a really quick shower. Like I don't enjoy it as much as some other people do, I think. That's understandable. I think I would enjoy it more if I had like one of those like fancy bathrooms that everyone seems to have on Instagram. So back to the topic at hand, is this when you get to work after, after you shower and, and do your beauty routine? Yes. Usually I'll have a snack either after I work out or after I get ready. And then I, then I get to work. I usually start work around probably 10. Okay. And real talk me here. Tell me about consistency. Like how often are you living this this routine versus how often are you doing part or none of it? I would say I'm always doing at least part of it. Okay. Very rarely do I abandon it altogether, except on the weekends, I kind of do whatever I want. Yeah, sure. I would say I maybe do it 60% of the time. Oh, that's quite good. So this morning you woke up at 730 and did you, how, how did that go? Did you just start later or did you get rid of pieces well, this, of it? This morning was totally completely <laughs> Oh, so this was a 0% day. This was, yeah, this was a 0% day. Because I find it really difficult if, like, the world is awake already, like, at 7.38 to, like, sit down with a book. It just throws me off. Whereas Mm. if I do it at 5.45, I'm like, no one's bothering me. I'm not getting any emails. So it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, 60%. And then sometimes I'll, like, work up to it if I'm out of the routine. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to get back into it 100%. But if I could like do it at six, that would be fine or yeah. Okay. Any other morning routine thoughts that you need to share? Hmm. I think, and I've talked about this on my Instagram, but I am very drawn to all or nothing thinking. And Mm. like, if I'm not, (laughs) if I'm not doing something 100% correctly, 100% of the time, I in the past would think, you know, I've failed and what's wrong with me? That's a common one. Like, why don't I have the willpower to just do this? And some people like Jake maybe can just work that way, but a lot of people can't. It doesn't mean anything. But now I just, I kind of look forward to doing this. It feels like a gift to myself. I I just, you know, I wake up early because I want to sit on the couch with a a book and a cup of coffee. It's no wonder I didn't like want to wake up at 5am and run on the treadmill. Like that doesn't sound (laughs) really appealing to me. So I don't know. I think I would just say everyone should give themselves some grace and like figuring out what works for them. And 
I also am a woman who has no children <laughs> and a flexible career. And that definitely gives me the privilege of figuring out what works for me too. So I have to say that. Yes. Let's take a quick ad break. So you need to find a new doctor and the task has been sitting on your to-do list for weeks because you know it's going to be a pain in the butt to find one. And then you're going to end up sitting on hold for forever while you try and make the appointment. We're here to save you some serious time because ZocDoc has made finding a new doctor painless. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. So I went through this last year, coming out of quarantine, I needed to make a bunch of doctor's appointments. And at first, I thought the right strategy was going to be to get recommendations from friends. Except it turned out that none of those doctors actually took my insurance. And the only doctors that matter are the ones that take your insurance. And believe me, the network on my self-employed insurance is a real pain to navigate. So ZocDoc was truly my savior. I love that I can filter by location and gender and read verified patient reviews to see what other people said about their visits and booking is a breeze. As a freelancer, I have been through the same exact experience as Becca and ZocDoc really made the process of finding doctors that worked for me and my insurance way, way easier. So I can totally relate. And all the booking is right online. So you never have to wait on hold with the receptionist again. Some doctors have appointments as soon as today. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. If it's time for you to get your docs in a row, go to ZocDoc.com BOP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-O-P. ZocDoc.com slash B-O-P. Becca, I'm very excited to find out about your morning routine because I did listen to the episode you did with Grace on this a while ago, but it'll be interesting to see. It's been kind of a wild three years since it's been a whole pandemic. It's been a lot. It's been the first draft of a book. Yes. I feel like you probably have more change of your morning routine than you realize. I think so too, which is why I felt comfortable revisiting this because I feel like it's a, it's a delicate dance we're doing where there are these topics that people want to hear about, but we've already talked about them. And I don't want to bore people with the same information over and over if I don't have anything new to add. So I feel like here I do. It's going to be good. And also, I think it touches on an important thing, which routines can change and adapt, change to work better for your life. And I think that's something important too. But okay, so what is the overarching goal of your morning routine? So I am not really a morning person. I am solidly a capitalist workday person. <laughs> like those are my productive <laughs> hours. And the entire goal of my morning routine is to get myself in a mindset that I can sit down and write. So so to put it all out there, my writing time is kind of going backwards, I guess. I like to be writing from 9.30 to 11.30 because... Right now, I only have one consulting client. They're on the West Coast, so they're not awake yet. They're not online until noon. And so I like to have my writing time from like 9.30 to 11.30. So like my whole organizing morning routine principle is like get myself to be able to sit down with my hands on the keyboard at 9.30. And is this like, okay, what time are we talking that you get out of bed? Is this like you get out of bed and you immediately in your pajamas are like at the desk? No, 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 no. Writing. No, because I'm a fuzzy person in the morning. Like I have to like gently coddle myself to be able to write because I am, (laughs) I'm, 
<laughs> not conditions a have to be just so. Yes, I'm a very okay. delicate flower. No, so I generally get up between 7.30 and 8.30. It depends what time I get in bed at night. So if I'm doing well and I'm in a productive state and I get into bed at 10.30 or so, I usually just won't set an alarm and I'll trust myself that I'll wake up between 7.30 and 8.30. And most of the time I will. And it's just such a gift to myself to not wake up from an alarm. But if I go to bed after 11 and I'm like, oh, it seems dicey, I'll usually set my alarm for, I'll just like count eight and a half hours from when I go to sleep and I'll set my alarm for that. Okay. That's, that's pretty nice. I feel like that's healthy. How often do you stay up any later than 11? Oh, frequently, like 50% of the time. Okay. And so then that's my punishment that I still have to get up between 730 and 830, which is probably not a healthy way to think about it. But if I sleep later than 830, I feel terrible about myself. So I want to give myself eight and a half hours. But at some point, if I really screw myself over, which I have been known to do once in a while, like after midnight is rare, where I would be getting up, I wouldn't be getting eight and a half hours of sleep. But it happens. Like sometimes I'll just be reading a great book or sometimes I'll have social plans and, you know. Okay. So after you wake up, no alarm, very pleasant. Well, sometimes an alarm. I use this app called Sleep Cycle, which I've been using, I think, since the last episode that we did about this. It like tracks your sleep too. So Mm. when I do use an alarm and sometimes I'll even set it, there's a setting for it's like no alarm, but it still tracks your sleep. One of the first things I do is I investigate how I slept and it tracks like if you snored or if you talk in your sleep. I don't know how accurate it is because it frequently picks up other outside noises. Like I don't think it's made for city living necessarily where it will be like you snored for 34 minutes last night. And I'm like, I did as somebody who (laughs) I don't really snore unless unless I'm wasted or have a cold and you can play the sounds back. And I'm like, that's a garbage truck. That's a bus. It, reco- it records the yeah, sounds? it records the sounds. Do you ever talk in your sleep? No, wow, I'm really but sometimes curious. it will say I talk in my sleep and then I'm like, that's somebody outside on the street. Because I live on a fairly busy corner too. <laughs> what was I saying in the night? And so it also like tracks your quality of sleep. And I'm like, well, if you're picking up all these sounds, you probably think my sleep quality is a lot worse than it is. But anyway, I'm still fascinated by it. That's very interesting. I kind of track my quality of sleep by how well I play Wordle in the morning. Oh, like, If I'm falling asleep, I'm like, I really didn't sleep that well. Or if I'm like super wide awake and I mean, I'm still not very good at Wordle regardless. But anyway, that's my (laughs) low tech version. Hmm. Okay, so what what what's your first thing you do? You open your eyes, you're awake. So the first thing I do is I check my phone. I turn off my alarm. I look at my sleep app. I am on a very active group text with 10 of my best friends from college One of them lives on the West Coast, and then two of them are in Central Time. Three of them are in Central Time. So there's usually a lot of text activity to catch up on from the night before. One of them's also a new mom, so it's like usually up in the middle of the night. And then a couple of them wake up really early on the East Coast. So like, I'm usually waking up to 100 texts. And do you like that or do you find that distracts you? No, I like it. It usually is like a good filtered way to find out if I missed anything in the world or in pop culture. So I catch up on my texts. That takes a few minutes, thumbs up some of them or like throw in some thoughts. I would say usually then I end up on Instagram. Sometimes if somebody has already sent through their Wordle scores, it'll prompt me to do Wordle in bed, but I prefer to do Wordle with coffee. That's fair. So yeah, I like catch up on text. Sometimes I scroll through Instagram. I've gotten better than I used to be about getting out of bed more quickly. What's helped you get up quicker? I don't know. There hasn't, I don't think there's been like a thing. I just 
have. And maybe it's also that I have adjusted my bedtime to be earlier over the past few years. So I think also that I'm just like more rested. Okay. I see something very interesting on the list. So I go to the bathroom right now. I'm really obsessed with tongue scraping, which Okay, tell me more. Is, I did actually see your tongue, scra- tongue scraper in your bathroom. Yeah, I'm and I was like, oh, I'm kind of curious about what that does. It's like, okay, so there is an Ayurvedic, woo-woo, holistic benefit to it, which is not why I do it. I just like the way it feels. Brushing my teeth is like only half of mouth freshness. Like the other half is scraping my tongue. And now that I've embraced that, I feel disgusting in the morning until I scrape my tongue. Hmm. And I'm Have really you ever tried oil pulling? This reminds me of five years ago when everyone was like, put coconut oil in your no. mouth for 10 minutes and then hate yourself. But afterwards, you feel great. No. Also, I'm allergic to coconut. Kind oh. of. Lightly allergic to coconut. That's not my practice. Oh, okay. But That's no, I'm, I'm really into tongue scraping. My tongue scraper is probably $1.50. What inspired you to start this? I think I used to have one when I was a kid trying to remember like I'm pretty sure I had one when I was younger and then I didn't have one for a while and I saw it somewhere and I was like oh yeah I love scraping my tongue well I mean hey is it just like a quick thing or is it like a oh yeah it's like like, it's like is it like happy birthday or no no it's like four swipes okay one side the other side the middle and then maybe I do it another one just for good luck oh interesting maybe I'll try that it's a really cheap thing it makes my mouth feel really fresh Hmm. really do you do mouthwash too no I should. My dentist always says that I should, but I don't. It burns. So then I come into my, like, my living room kitchen area is like one big open room and I pour coffee. I drink iced coffee 365 days of the year. I drink home coffee. Like if I'm ever drinking coffee outside of the house, I've already had a coffee at home. People, Mm -hmm. I should not be in public. I am not fit to interact with people until I've had a cup of coffee. So like the first thing I do is pour coffee. What do you drink in your iced coffee, by the way? What kind of milk, sugar? I know you said you like, I think you refer to them as trash creamers. Yep. People really don't like when I call it that, but that's what they're called. (laughs) My parents only use the sugar-free hazelnut coffee. Love. And it's actually really delicious. It's so good. So my favorite is Coffee Mate's Cafe Mocha right now. I go through phases. I've been in a lot of hazelnut phases. Sometimes around the holidays, I'll get in a peppermint mocha phase. Mm. Um, I, I've i tried to break myself of this habit. And I think a lot of it does have to do with diet culture because it's so chemical. It's so unhealthy. And I'm look, this brings me joy. It's probably 50 calories. Like who the hell cares? If this brings me this much joy, why am I trying to deprive myself of that? I totally agree. Even if you did the math and you were like, hey, drinking this is going to take six months off your life. I'd be like, okay, fine. I'd still do it. I, it's very interesting with food because I think coffee, creamer, milk is a great example because it's like if you drink just organic half and half, there's a problem with that. If you drink almond milk, there's a problem with that. I mean, there's always going to be <laughs> something that says you should drink or eat something else. It's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, I have my coffee with coffee mate creamer. Unfortunately, everyone always sends me the really cool limited edition seasonal flavors. And the reality of my grocery store, it's called Food Town, which should tell you pretty much everything you need to know. (laughs) It is pretty janky. And Food towns, it sounds like when you go to like a children's museum and they have like a fake grocery store that you can oh, go okay. through as a child okay. and like you're like, oh, I just want this plastic banana and you give them your fake money. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that. But Food Town, it's not Food City. It doesn't have a wide selection. So Okay, it's... 
There's not, there's never limited edition flavors. And for whatever reason, they stock the cafe mocha. And it has crossed my mind that it might be because I keep them in business with it, that they're only stocking it for me. And then they have the regulars. They have hazelnut, they have French vanilla, they have like the sweet cream one. So I have limited options. Okay. The New York City grocery store situation, I will say, having lived there, is just abysmal. I don't know what's happening. It's like you're either at Whole Foods or you're at Food... Food Town. Food (laughs) Shop, whatever. Yeah, like you would think that, like, you're like, New York City, you must have everything available to you. And it's like, nope. Worst grocery stores in the United States, probably. And it's all absurdly expensive. I used to go to D'Agostino's and then I would just be thinking about Luann from Real Housewives, Mm. ex-husband. Anyway, we digress. So breakfast. Are you a breakfast person? Okay. So you know that book that you were talking about, In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife? In my dreams, I prep a healthy, well-balanced breakfast. I'm coming to the reality that it is just in my dreams. I am never more aspirational about what I'm going to be doing for breakfast than when I'm at the grocery store. Like, I'm going to make smoothies. I'm going to... Even at Food Town? Yeah, You feel even inspired at Food Town? At food town? <laughs> oh, wow. Food okay. town. It's just like <laughs> afternoon me is a different person than morning me. Yeah, I always think that I'm going to do that. And so I struggle really hard at breakfast because I don't want to put in any effort. Sometimes I'll do like avocado toast. That's an okay amount of effort that I can do. Sometimes I'll get English muffins and I'll prep a Tupperware of like egg salad with five or six eggs. And so that'll last me a few days. I love egg salad. I love egg salad too. This is a very niche interest, by the way. Mm -hmm. There are some strong opinions out there about egg salad. I love egg salad. So good. Yeah, I'm not. What I should do is, and I have done this before, is I should make those egg cups on Sundays. It's never something I want to do on Sunday, but I'm like, oh, that would save you a lot of time. But there's also a lot of food aversions or things that I don't really like. Like, I I strongly don't like oatmeal. Like, it's a textural thing. Anyone who's like, overnight oats, I'm like, go fuck yourself. I don't like cold things in the morning. Like, cold foods. That's another thing. I don't like cereal because I don't love milk. I don't, like, really want that. So I don't know. I feel like really puzzled. And even the idea of doing an egg over easy, which I know takes two minutes, feels so overwhelming in the morning to me. That's why I started prepping stuff because I would just not cook anything because I just it's too much. The other thing I'll do is I'll eat leftovers. If I have made something the night before and there's like a roasted vegetable and rice or something, I'll just have that for breakfast. That works. Yeah. Probably well balanced. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a struggle bus at breakfast. I think a lot of people feel that way. Moving on, what what's mm-hmm. after breakfast or not breakfast? Well, so I don't usually eat breakfast right away. Okay. I have my coffee right away. And then I have this like unaccounted for amount of time that depends on how early I wake up. That's usually between whatever time I get to the living room. So let's say 7.45 and 9. And in this time, what I would like to tell you that I do is that I read a book And I was in a really good spot in January where I was reading a nonfiction book every morning. I would say right now I'm doing that one day a week. Okay. Is it nonfiction still or? No, it's not. I abandoned that after January. I was only a better person. It was New Year, New Me for one month. And now I'm no more nonfiction. (laughs) Or I would like to tell you that I exercise or yeah, that I, I did something productive but the reality is that's when I sit on Instagram, I scroll on my phone, I play some city. I'm just becoming human. Okay. So I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. And I feel a little fraudulent saying this because it's so soon. But last week I started 
couch to 5k Mm. because I told you this when you were in person, there's something in my head that says, Hey, you know how much you like walking? Maybe you'd like running. I don't think it's true, (laughs) but I feel this compulsion to try it out. And then I also follow a couple people on Instagram who've been doing couch to 5k and rave about how the pride and the endorphins and whatnot. So I did couch to 5k maybe two years ago. And I don't know if it's changed since, but when I did it, the app just had tiny cartoon characters that would yell at you. Oh, no. So I'm not using the official app. I'm using, and I actually love the app. Anything is better than a tiny animated drill sergeant just screaming at you from your phone. It's called 5K Runner, and it's a yellow app icon. It's compatible with Spotify, so I can still play Spotify music in my headphones while I'm doing this. That's awesome. And then when her instructions come on, which are usually very brief, she doesn't have a lot to say, it just turns down the volume of your music but you can still hear it. That's amazing. Okay. So how's it going? Have you started? It's going really well. I love it. I did three last week. You're supposed to do it three times a week. And then I was going to do it Sunday, but my toe is a situation. And I tried to put on sneakers this morning and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's best not to run in Uggs. I've, I would, I would guess. <laughs> I, I didn't entertain that. <laughs> I think I'm probably taking this week off of it. And the run is literally one minute increment. So I feel a little fraudulent saying that I'm taking up running until it gets longer increments. That's, they say that interval training, running, walking is like some of the best exercise you can do. But I really liked it. So I, I'd like to see myself doing that or going for a walk first thing in the morning, as opposed to this like unaccounted for time suck that I just fall into. I fall into that too. The time in between listening to the news and working out, it can go really bad really fast yeah. <laughs> if I don't yeah. like, rein it in. I mean, it helps that I have a set end time that like I want to be writing by 9.30. So like I call it, I poured coffee, I immediately sat down at my desk and I didn't start writing until 9.15. And I was like, what did I just do for almost two hours? Isn't that, isn't tell that the worst feeling? You just feel like, what? how did that happen? What how took did control happen? of my body in that yeah, moment? I know. Oh, it's the worst. I know. It's the worst. But that's exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing how you develop into a, a runner. I don't know that I will, but I'll keep you posted. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so let's say you do the 5K running, walking, whatever. Uh What is is next before you get to the 930 writing session? So I would, if I ran, I would shower. But again, I'm I'm showering every, realistically, two to three days. Um, I'm not showering every day. I feel like... I'm grossing people out. I feel like it might be grossing you out based on your face. No, I, I mean, but here we are. The thing is, I trust you and your showering habits. It's I, gotten I, worse during I would the pandemic. smell terrible, I think. It's gotten worse during the pandemic, too, because like there are full days that I don't see anyone in person. Like I won't see anyone in person today. So well, I don't smell me. That's, I mean, whatever works for you. And honestly, also saving water. So saving water, look saving at you. water. So if it's a day that I shower, I shower quickly. I'm like a five, 10 minute in and out shower. Like it's not taking a long time. Do you time. have any like shower? Like, do you listen to anything? Do you sing? Do you? I usually put on music. Rehearse what you're going to say in therapy like me. No, I usually put on music and it's like a quick thing. And then I will usually like put on makeup or do my hair between 1130 and noon after I've written. So I usually just sit down wet hair in sweatpants and I write. And then if I don't take a shower, I'll like put on eye cream and face cream. And that's usually it. Do you find that getting ready and by getting ready, I mean like hair, makeup, clothes makes you more productive? No, 
I do not. And everyone says that it makes them feel that. And I've tried to buy into it multiple times. And I feel my most productive when I'm comfortable and potentially my most slovenly. Sweatpants, comfortable clothes, have not even looked in a mirror to see what my hair looks like. That is when I'm most productive. That's that's good. I feel a societal pressure too, especially because a lot of my work is on Zoom calls. Between 11, 30 and 12, I have to become human. But I am very happy to sit in my sit in my chair and be a mess as long as I can. Okay, good. You know what works for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So tell me about your writing process. Like, do you sit down? Do you put everything on airplane mode? Do you close all the browsers except for the where you're writing? How does that work? What does that look like? So I usually have to sit down at 9.15. My ideal is that I sit down and I write for two hours. It's not two consecutive hours. I have breakfast in there while I'm writing. I'm probably going to get up and put on face lotion or like do something in the middle. Having two hours feels like enough time that even if I procrastinate or even if I'm, I don't know, it really stresses me out to, to have too little time where I feel like I can't get into it, even if I know that's not true. So I like to have two hours on my calendar. I understand that. So do your weekends look any different? Do you like to write on the weekends? No, it all goes out the window. My ideal is that my weekends have no work in them. And I'm like, just like purely refilling my cup and my motivation on weekends. I also don't set an alarm. I usually do sleep a little later on weekends. I can sleep till like 8.30 or 9, usually going to bed later too. So this is only a weekday routine. And I would say it's hard to gauge because I feel like I have less of a routine than you have. If we're gauging it on how frequently do I successfully write, my goal is to be writing four days a week to give myself one day of grace where I'm, yeah, one day you're going to be stressed about something work or last week I had breakfast with my friend Allie one day. She was like, I'm going to be in Williamsburg. Do you want to have breakfast? And so I'm like, oh yeah. So my goal is to write four days a week. And I've been doing two. That's still so good. I want to get back to four. There was a moment in January where I was really new year, new meing, and I was doing seven. Wow. So I'm impressed by it. I think it's a good strategy just to have the one thing that you're like, this is my priority in my morning routine. Yes, that is the thing that I'm like, okay, you can waste your time on Instagram. You can do whatever you want. Just get your butt in the seat to write at 930. That's, maybe I need to do that because right now I'm doing basically I'll do everything but <laughs> this thing that I'm really scared of doing in terms of writing. I will say knowing that we were talking about this on today's podcast episode was really motivating when I tried to talk myself out of writing. So if we could do a podcast episode every day that you know, makes me feel guilty if I don't write, like that would be great. Perfect. Yeah. I can just send you messages just checking in. Actually, before we started this, we did have an accountability writing thing that did not work <laughs> at all. No. But maybe we'll use the podcast to keep checking in about it. Let's take a quick ad break. Today's episode is also sponsored by Truebill. I don't know about all of you, but I have a running, I'll get to it one day list of tasks in my brain at any given time. And at least 25% of those tasks are about canceling subscriptions that I don't use, but it is so easy to forget to actually cancel them. And that's why I'm super excited to be using Truebill now. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. 
I'll be honest and say I was a bit hesitant about downloading another app and linking my credit card information, but within five minutes of signing up, I realized just how worth it it is. Right away, I canceled two subscriptions that I've been meaning to cancel for literally months and never had. Not only that, but I had an instant crystal clear picture of how I'm spending my money month over month. The Truebill app is intuitive and easy to navigate with the best part being that their base service is totally free. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. Like one of their users, Matthew, says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, saved $840 a year on car insurance. We both found the process incredibly fun and kind of invigorating to save so much money in just a couple of minutes. So go save yourself some money and spend it on something you'll actually use. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com BOP. Go right now, Truebill.com BOP. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Truebill.com BOP. So shall we talk about obsessions? Yes, I think you're going to really like my obsession. I am very, I haven't clicked the link, but I'm very curious. Okay, so I got a PR mailer from friend of the pod, Kate Spencer, for the release of her new book, which I highly recommend. It's called In a New York Minute. And in it came this to-do list notepad. And I have been highly loyal to my to-do list method for years of using like the large lined post-it notes. And I'm obsessed with this list. So it's a page for every day. It doesn't say the date on it. So you can like write whatever date you want at the top. It's not like a planner. And then along the side, it has different buckets for your work to-dos, your self-care to-dos, to-dos for others, and then home to-dos. And then along the right side, it has somewhere to write out your schedule. I like used it one day on a whim because it was sitting near my work stuff. And I've gotten so addicted to it. I think it's also $12. It's pretty inexpensive. And the thing that I love is, first of all, I mean, I'm very calendar motivated. So I like having the visual of what my calendar looks like next to me at all times. And then I also like that it's bucketed because sometimes I have like home to-dos that I want to put on my to-do list. Today, my laundry got delivered. So I have to like unpack my laundry, but I don't want to put that on my main to-do list because then I'm like sitting during the work day and I'm like, no, that's not what you have to do right now. You have to like do work. So I like that it has the different categories. Yeah. I feel like it keeps me focused. Yeah, this is really cool. And it actually really appeals to me. So you are correct because I have my daily to-do list as well. But if I'm really stressed, I break everything down into hourly increments, which this already does. So that's Half really hours. interesting. And also I love the idea of I've always liked including self-care tasks or whatever along with work tasks because I feel like it's just a very easy visual way to balance your life and to realize like actually, you know, dropping stuff off at the post office or doing laundry or whatever does make you feel sometimes as good as a work task. Well, those are like home ones, but then you can also schedule self-care. So I'm like, go for a walk. Yeah. And then I get to feel really accomplished when I check yeah, it off. I put my water intake on my to-do list every single day oh. and it really makes me feel good. And I put to check my <laughs> bank account on my list every day because it's easy and it's like, it gets me started. So yeah, this is awesome. Good find. Yeah. So it's by a brand called Balance Bound and we will link it in the show notes. I'm very into it. That's awesome. What did you bring? I 
So I went kind of random today and I am obsessed with this song currently. So I thought I would talk about it in case anyone else is also interested in indie folk singer songwriters. But this song called My Ego Dies at the End by Jensen McCray came up on my Spotify Discover Weekly and I heard it and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I, something about it spoke to me. And so I looked her up and she's 24 years old. She has 20 something thousand followers on Instagram, but she's super, super talented. And she just came out with a new album. She also has a song Wolves that's really good. And I'm just, I love making playlists. Do you have like a currently listening to playlist where I can not just listen to this song, but I can listen to what your current vibe is? Sure. Yeah. I have a February 2022 playlist that includes some of her music, but also other stuff. I try to make, I should say I'm trying to make a new playlist of songs I like every month because it's a time machine. Yeah. It's amazing. I do an annual one because I can't commit to the work of doing every month. I heard you say that. That's so smart though. And then it's a time capsule because then, oh, what did 2011 sound like? Oh my God. (laughs) That's better because the Spotify wrapped, you'd think it worked that way. But like, I end up just having like the same song I worked out to that's like Mm. Dua Lipa, which I love Dua Lipa, but I don't know if that really not sums up my year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a tendency to find a song I love and just listen to it a thousand times. And this has been one of those songs. So Okay, yeah. so we'll link Olivia's February 2022 playlist in the show notes because I feel like there's something really voyeuristic about looking at other people's music taste, and I'm very excited. I know. I, I feel so like nervous right now, even talking about it. I'm like, no one's gonna like this, but but maybe someone will. Tell me about the reading update. I've been waiting all week. I would like to express some disappointment that you have not been texting me ACOTAR updates. And in fact, earlier this week, I had to find out on Instagram your thoughts on finishing book one. <laughs> okay. I will tell you why that is. It's because when I'm reading, it's my night book. And so when I'm reading it, I don't mm. have my phone. I often forget by the morning, but I should have let you know. So yes, I finished... Akatar by Sarah J. Moss, A Court of Thorns and Roses. It was good. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. But there was a part at the end where the main character shares a glance with another character. And I was like, oh, I think I know where the second book is going. I am completely invested in this. I realized that the whole book, I had been wanting this to happen. And now I'm like really just expecting it to happen. So if it doesn't, I will be really pissed. But anyway, I've moved on to the second book in the series, A Court of Mist and Fury. And I am probably 30% of the way in. I'm reading much slower this month than usual because I'm a little bit discombobulated. It's but so hard. I, am... I don't want to ruin this series for anyone who hasn't read it. So like, I don't want to talk in specifics, but I know, I know. And also, wow, the spice level, you just, you, you, it's like the first five, 10 pages. You're like, oh, this is a new journey we're on Mm -hmm. and it is very steamy. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, I'm really excited. It reminds me so much of reading Twilight (laughs) the first time and that feeling of like, just, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I love this. What about you? So I finished Something Wilder by Christina Lauren, which I was reading, which is a cowgirl romance. It's less steamy than other Christina Lauren books. Do you read open door adult romances? I do. But what does open door mean? They actually, you read the sex scenes. Oh, like they hook up. Yeah. Yes, 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 I do. Have you read any Christina Lauren? I have not. Oh, okay. Wait, maybe. Did 
they write the Christmas one? In the holidays. Yes. Yeah, they did. I really enjoyed that. Okay. I could give you some recommendations. I feel like there's one in particular that I feel like you would really like. Love in other words for any of our listeners if they're wondering. Oh, I'm very curious now. But anyway, so I I will read anything they write. I didn't think I was going to like this, and I really did. It was really fun and creative and plotty. And it was like somebody I read a review somewhere that was like sexy national treasure. Yeah. Say, say no more, Becca. That I, (laughs) you should see my face. I'm immediately like intrigued. It's, I love national treasure. It's a very specific fact about me, but wow. Sexy national treasure. I'm, I'm in. In the wild west. I'm in. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so it comes out in May. I really liked it. I also finished Meant to Be Mine by Hannah Orenstein. I said that I'm like trying to finish my pile. A very cute, light romance with a great, quirky grandmother character, which you know I love. Was a delight. Then yesterday, I started Wahala by Nikki May. This is a book that I saw everywhere in the span of two weeks to the point Same. where I like needed to read it. I heard about it on a podcast. I went out to dinner with somebody and they were reading it. I saw it in my Goodreads feed a bunch. Like I just, I was seeing it everywhere. So I started it and I'm about 60 pages in. I'm obsessed with it. It is so good. However, the Goodreads reviews are like mixed to in some cases bad. And so I'm wondering if it's just that this is somewhere where my opinion is different than other people's or if it is going to get bad. So I'm really walking on eggshells here wondering what's going to happen. I do not let myself look at the reviews on Goodreads before I read a book because it completely, completely colors how I view the book. I don't know about you. I I do sometimes because it helps me decide what to read. And this one, I happened to look at it. I don't remember why, but I did. And so now I know that it's mixed. The story is about three mixed race women in London. They're all of Nigerian descent. A fourth friend who's one of their childhood friends comes in, and I think the tagline is, three's great, four is a crowd, or something. She wreaks havoc in their friend group. Hmm. Is, is it like a mystery? I'm not sure. The opening page of it reads like it's going to be a mystery, like it's like that flash forward moment where everything's in shambles. And so it seems like it's going to be a mystery, but so far there's no mystery element. So I don't know what mystery we're solving yet if it is a mystery. Okay. It's told from all three of the other women's points of view. And so it's gone alternating chapters between each of them, like establishing what their lives are like. Hmm. That I always love reading books in that style. It makes for a very dynamic read, I think. And the sentence level writing is incredible. It's very well written. The details, it's well observed. I'm into it. Good. Hmm. That sounds interesting. I'm going to put that on my list because I have also seen that literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So... That is what we've got for you today. This month, we are reading Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir as our book club pick, which Olivia, a resident space nut, just kidding. (laughs) It's her most recommended book. It is about space, but space isn't her jam either. We're going along for this ride. I have actually gotten a lot of DMs and seen a lot of people storying that they're obsessed with it. Yes, I'm really excited every time someone messages me about it that's reading it for book club. It, it just brings me so much joy. So yeah, I'm really, really excited to talk about it. In the meantime, can you tell people where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Olivia Mentor on Instagram and oliviamentor.com for my website. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. My fiction podcast, Bone Mary Berry, has just wrapped up and I would love for you to check it out.
Bye, everyone. Bye.